I think the most dangerous experience I had was how I got robbed in Mexico. You got robbed in Mexico? It was horrifying. Hi guys, welcome back to Midnight O2 Season 2 Episode 6. So today we're going to talk about traveling. I know it's in the middle of pandemics, but I have a special guest for you. Hey. <laughs> okay, so let's welcome Evelyn. Hi, Evelyn. Hi, Amy. Hi. How's it going? It's pretty good. Like, standard day. Okay. Another day at university, basically. Cool. So let me introduce Evelyn. Evelyn is an old friend of mine. We went to high school together, and she's currently studying dentistry in Australia. And she is only 23, but she's traveled to 18 countries, more than 60 cities. And I thought that was really impressive. Also, she enjoys photography as well as traveling, of course. That's why I'm happy she's here today with us to talk about traveling. So, welcome! (laughs) Thank you for having me on this show. Yeah, oh my gosh, like, thanks for uh, su- suggesting and also all all these kind of things for bringing all the stories. And I'm very excited, so let's jump right in. So first of all, um, why do you like traveling? I think that's a hard question, but I thought about it. I think I really like enjoying new experiences, so mm-hmm. when I'm traveling, I feel like I'm more inclined to do new things and see new things, see new, meet new people. And Mm -hmm. it kind of gives me like a high that makes me feel less stressful. When I'm studying and when I'm really stressed, I usually plan my trips as a way to de-stress, which is a bit bizarre for my friends, but I think it's very relieving to be Mm -hmm. thinking about traveling rather than being in the present moment. That is actually really um, interesting, you know, for... Um, looking forward to travel and I guess it's just how you live your life it's a part of your lifestyle already right like traveling and photography they're huge important parts I think it's pretty much uh, parts of my life because without COVID Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of my time and my brain cells will be used on planning my next trip and if I have a weekend off I try to go on a day trip like just drive somewhere take go to the beach go hiking Mm -hmm. take some photos and and th- uh, last year, which was my first year I got my car, I would drive mm-hmm. to a different place every weekend. But obviously, I've kind of run out of places. So I've started to go to the same places, but seeing places in new angles. It's amazing, though. You know, you're only 23 and you've traveled to more than 18 countries and more than 60 cities. And, you know, it's it's a lot. How did you even manage that? I think that's a good question. I first, at first, when I was in middle school, which was around like 13, 14, my parents would bring me abroad because they like traveling too. And when mm-hmm. I hit 18 and went to university, I think I had more freedom. And like during the breaks, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I would just go traveling, which sounds really spoiled, but I tried to look for mm-hmm. cheap pl- flights. And my first few destinations were in Australia. I think two trips kind of like accelerated my travel journey which was the first one was when I spontaneously decided to go to New Zealand and become a Kiwi bird volunteer for a month 
So after that, I feel like there was like no more fear. And the second one was a year after that, which when I was like almost 21. And I went to Canada and USA for two months, which I met Amy in Seattle for a week. Yeah, she did come visit, you know. So I thought that was really cool. So why don't you tell us about your first experience, um, the Kiwi Bird Volunteer? You know, it's I think it's a dream for a lot of young people to graduate from college and then they move on to、uh, a new job. And some people choose to do this kind of traveling as well as volunteering. You know, so could you tell us more about it? I think Kiwi volunteering has actually been a dream of mine. Like literally, but I don't know if I told you in high school since、uh, since I was like seventeen because I really loved birds. And after I finished my first year of uni, I finally got the chance to have a break, and I just booked. No, I didn't just book the flights. I booked with an organization. It was in like northern New Zealand, which is like even it's in a place called Coromandel, which is northeast of Auckland. And it was super rural. Like the whole area only had like three hundred people. The experience wasn't what I expected because it was actually a lot of tree cutting, like weed plucking, and we have to like traverse through un literally unknown mountains and territory with no roads to set up cages to to like trap rats so that we can、mm -hmm. preserve the kiwi birds environment. But I think. I don't really regret doing it because without that, I think I would be like too. I think Amy, you know me. I'm always like really positive and dreamy about everything, but I think this was kind of like a reality call. Like this is actually hard work, but. <laughs> well, I'm glad you learned that. Yeah, but I guess the good thing was if people enjoy rural like nature, we stayed at a hilltop, like a small house, in the、mm -hmm. middle of nowhere. And the view was amazing. You could see the cove, like the rolling green hills, the farms downhill, and you're surrounded by farms with sheep. I love sheep. And at night, the stars would come out, and you could see the whole galaxy. Yeah, only if I were there, I would write another book. I feel like just like looking over <laughs> the sky and then seeing the counting stars. Yeah, that I would the place to write a book because there's literally nothing to do. Like the area、wow. has no reception, and、um, watching YouTube was hard. So, yeah. Well, that's hard for some young kids, you know. <laughs> I'm a young <laughs> kid. <laughs> yeah, you are. You were re really young, we're relatively young. young when you were there, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, I was. Yeah, I wanted to know how how did you convince your parents, or did they even know? Oh, I did tell my parents about this. I was just like, "Oh, I'm gonna go to New Zealand for a month," and they were like, "Uh, sure," and I went. Oh, that went <laughs> easy. I guess your parents are relatively really open for Asian parents, right? I think that's debatable because my <laughs> parents. Feel like I feel like in my parents' minds they have, like pre-formed conceptions of certain countries. So, they think about China or Southeast Asia as being really dangerous. But when I tell them I'm going to travel in Australia, New Zealand, Canada, U.S., they're like, just go for it. They're like, pretty chill. So,、mm. I was actually really surprised they would just let me go like that. But、um, I'm glad they did, because I try not to hide stuff from my parents. <laughs> I see, you tried. 
I caught the keyword. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Okay, what was the most interesting or unexpected thing about that trip, other than you had a lot of hard work? I didn't see a single kiwi bird because kiwi birds are、What? nighttime animals. I know. Wait, <laughs> actually. Yeah. So for lots of con- conservation work in Australia and New New Zealand, it's more about、mm-hmm. trying to maintain their habitat and keep it healthy for the animals. But then, because a lot of these animals are nocturnal, you just don't get to see them. But so you're a kiwi bird volunteer who didn't get to see kiwi bird. Yep. <laughs> Throughout the entire time you were there. Yeah. Oh, that is kind of upsetting to hear. I think I accepted it halfway through the trip. I was like, okay, <laughs> I just I went to Auckland Zoo to see my very first kiwi bird in my life. So it worked、wow. out. <laughs> well, it's like eye opening for you, you know, right? Yeah, like it it was. It sounds like a um interesting experience. Not everybody gets to experience that. It's like living a dream, like you said. It was your high school dream. Yeah, I think so. And then it kind of taught me that I can be independent-ish and be on low budget. Cause、mm-hmm. during that time, I was like on a really low budget, and they provide food and accommodation for you. So I guess that's good.、Mm-hmm. Even though you're doing hard labor, but <laughs> if I can do it, all these listeners out there, you guys can probably do it. Okay,、yeah. that's good to know. So, <laughs> so I was wondering if that. Traveling experience changed how you think about traveling. Ever since like your first huge main you know experience like this, did it change what you thought about like traveling at all? I think after that experience, I was just like, I'm not gonna go on any volunteer trips anymore. I'm just gonna enjoy life and just travel. But then, well, I think after a few years now.、Mm-hmm. Because、um, I've been listening to a lot of travel and like live abroad podcasts, I think I do like if I have the opportunity to、uh, like work abroad for a little bit or just like do volunteering for a little bit. Because staying in the place for a while really gives you a better taste of the place, and it's quite a nice experience. That's nice. Well, so do you recommend it though to people? No. <laughs> <laughs> really. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Okay. Um, if you're like a hardcore conservation person,、mm-hmm. then yes. But if you try it and it's not your thing, don't do it again. <laughs> I see. Okay. Well, what about the second experience that you were talking about? The one that you went to Canada and U.S. and you went to so many places and countries and states in between, like cities. I meant. Yeah,、uh, I went to only. West Coast because at that time I was really into like slow paced traveling, and I wanted to do acting in LA for a bit. But、um, back then I had no knowledge about acting. It's not how acting works out. So I think I kind of got like a pretty in depth taste of most of these cities and went to some of the less common、um, like touristy locations. Yeah, I wanted to know. You mentioned like slow pace traveling. Could you like define that for my audience? I feel like we're not familiar with the term. I think for me, slow pace is basically spending an extra, like, two or above days in every city. Because if you go on websites like TripAdvisor, they would advise you 
a certain amount of days for a particular city. For example, Seattle had the recommendation of four days, mm-hmm. but then I would usually try to arrange a few more days so that I can take my time and just in case if weather messes up or something, I get to explore more places. Oh, that's also, actually really yeah. smart to do if you have enough budget and enough time, right? Flexibility wise. Yeah. Do you do that though? Like, is yeah, that I do that actually. Yeah, but I didn't、oh. think that it's called、uh, slow pace traveling. Is that what it's called? I couldn't think of a better term. So. Well, for me, I like to stay at one place and just enjoy that city for like as. Long as possible. Like I'm not. The, I'm the type to not liking like moving around too much. Like going from places to places. Cause I, I for some reason I just don't like the transportation time in between. Like I'm. I guess I like I get that it's a way to see the city as well. But then I like it when I get to stay at one place and just see the people and observe the scenes and. You know, to experience how a normal, regular days are like for a specific place, not just seeing them on weekends or not just seeing it or being there as a tourist. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. Cause I really hate transporting, even though I know、mm-hmm. I travel a lot. But I actually get plane sick, car sick, train sick, anything you can think of. <laughs> I will get sick on it. So, oh, that's yeah,、hard. I don't particularly enjoy being in between, but it's well, okay. Well, do you pre- prepare medicine for those? I heard you have to prepare medicine for those. I don't prepare unless it's really bad. So if I go, if I'm going to be on like a long, windy car drive, then I will. And if I'm on a boat, but I pretty、mm-hmm. much try and avoid boats at all cost. <laughs> I had a hard time in Italy because of、yeah. the boats, the ships, the ferries, changing one to another one, trying to get through. Just it was so difficult for me. I was dizzy most of the time. I had a hard time、uh, enjoying where, where the city. The What do you mean where I was? Oh, like did you have a particular trip where you needed to use a lot of boats as transportation? Yeah, I had it. I had to because. I went to the blue hole in Italy. Is that what it's called? I think so. So people said the blue hole in Italy is like one of the scenes you have to see before you die. Like it's that、yeah. <laughs> special. It's that special. It's like among like I think there's like a world record like top ten places you have to go before you die. Like the blue hole in Italy is always on the list. So my aunt. Said that oh we should go you know and I was like oh sure I thought it was just gonna be like one trip and we'll be there, one transportation but then we went from like a、uh, large bus to middle size bus middle size bus to small bus and then small small bus goes on like a a bigger ferry and ferry got on like a middle size boat and boat went on like a smaller like really really tiny like two people that kind of boat. That's not even a boat anymore, and then, like it was like a narrow hole in the middle of nowhere, like a, under a cave, and we had to wait in lines on the ocean. Like we were waiting, basically、um, waiting to get in and waiting for the,、um, basically for the ocean, the tides to be at the right level, and we had to physically lie down, like lie down as if like we're sleeping, that kind of lying down. 
and lie down going into the blue hole, like into the cave to see the blue hole. Do you know what I mean? Like this sounds Do you like think it ri- was worth it. Like was it actually? It's, it's ridiculous. Must do before you okay, die? <laughs> but okay, they said even if you got to in front of the um, even if you got to the point where you're about to go in, sometimes you don't get to go in because of like a huge sudden suddenly out of nowhere there's a wind or like the tides don't work out. But they said I got lucky, so I was able to go in to see a blue hole. But you know what it looked like to me? What does it look like? It looked like. The type of like community swimming pool that has like a light at the bottom that's like shining up, that's like blue. Oh my god! Like that's what it looked like. Like sorry to disappoint, uh, people who really really want to go. Maybe it's worth for it's worth seeing in person for you. But for me personally, I didn't think that it. Like I didn't think it was worth it for me because I I was dizzy like ninety nine percent of the time for that, and I was I I had to um I could only be in there for like few minutes, and I had to see and I tried to take photos but photos didn't come out great. <laughs> of course, it was like in the middle of the ocean. There's a cave and in the cave there's a hole and the hole was like having like water reflections from sunlight to create like the blue kind of. Uh, color. Oh God! I guess that's a yeah. This is what happens when your guest also has a podcast, guys. Like I become the guest. Like I'm kind of confused. Like why am I sharing my traveling experience? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, like we we. I just thought that it's nice to share. Okay. I think I personally prefer traveling alone, just because I pretty much got used to it as soon as I started traveling alone in 2016. I'm just really used to doing things at my own pace, seeing buildings at my own pace, pace like shopping at my own pace, and I kind of feel a bit stressed if people want to go to another place and I haven't finished exploring a particular place. So, I guess that's why I like traveling alone. But if it's、mm-hmm. in like a natural place, like a hike or like going to a lake or a beach, sometimes it's nice to have someone because you might be. In the same place for hours, or for hiking, you might just be strenuous exercise for hours, and it's always good to have someone to talk to and cheer you on. But I think that's very personal.、Mm-hmm. I know, like some people who enjoy being in nature by themselves. That's true. Which sometimes I do. It's really、mm-hmm. relaxing. But sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm lonely. I want to、right. have someone talk to me. <laughs> but oh, I was gonna say,、um, if I was traveling in the city or. Where there's like lots of museums, I would pretty much a hundred percent prefer traveling. Same. By myself, oh my gosh,、cause... I feel the same. Yeah.、Oh, really? So I'm the type to love like museums and especially art、uh, and history museums by myself because I want to read all the descriptions written on it. And usually people don't、oh. let me take the time to let me re- finish reading all the text on it. I spend、uh, four hours on. Uh, my first visit to British Museum day one, and I couldn't finish it. And I went for like a second time, and went for a third time because I wanted to、uh, finish reading what was written on it, but it didn't work out because it was too big, and I I didn't finish. But I ended up spending a lot of time by myself. I think same like <laughs> I. It really depends on what, but some I really like modern art, so I tend to spend a lot of time. 
in modern art museums. And then there's this museum in Tokyo. It's called the Roppongi Hills. Mm -hmm. And on top of the tallest building, there's an art museum. I spent like four hours there. It's a modern art museum. Mm -hmm. I cannot remember who who had a like exhibition there, but it was it was like partly like abstract and partly was like childish style mm-hmm. art, but about like darker themes. And there's a whole section about adolescence, and it was R rated, so it was kind of awkward because I was with my dad. But it was really interesting to see like mm-hmm. another side of. Like growing up. Yeah, because like as an artist, I love visiting museums as well. And contemporary art is always something that's debatable among art world and you know in art history. And some people like it, some people don't. So when I was in London, I visited Tate Modern and I had classes there. So if you like contemporary contemporary art, that's definitely a place you need to visit. Well, I do want to visit. Yeah, Tate later. Modern. You should definitely go and spend hours and hours and days there. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, it sounds like something. Yeah, I, I would bought do. a bunch of books from the bookstore in Tate Modern. Just I always love going to um the little store inside a museum or on the entrance, usually next to the entrance or next to the exit, and I will always find a lot of cute things specific and local about the museum or about um what was on the show. So you know, it was nice. I got a book that talked about how to be a great artist. So, <laughs> did it? Well, work? it worked out <laughs> because I'm artist. here, right? It is an art form that I'm what I, what I'm doing verbally. Yeah, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. true. <laughs> and I still I still am doing different kind of arts. You know, um, I miss physically um, painting and cutting, doing doing different kind of arts actually you should start doing yeah it i again. know but i left but... most of my things mm-hmm. in the states i don't have the tools here in oh. taiwan yeah True. so what was the most um dangerous experience you've ever had traveling alone as a girl i think the most dangerous experience i had which i will it will be on my podcast as well was how i got robbed in you mexico. got robbed in mexico like when you were by yourself well more like pickpocketed but it was horrifying what happened what happened so it was i went to mexico alone um by booking a flight from la like spontaneously and before to that i pretty much knew nothing about mexico and on the third day there i went on a boat trip and I thought it would be like a fun snorkeling boat trip, but I was wrong. It was basically a drink your life away boat trip. So there I had like around seven drinks, I think. And then on the boat, I met some American girls and we agreed that we would go clubbing that night. Mm-hmm. I went back to the hostel, got ready, and I met a girl from my hostel. She's a Colombian girl. And because I declined her like request to hang out the previous night because I was too tired... I invited her to come along and go clubbing. So I was like, hey, do you want to go and like have fun in Mexico? It was my last night there, I believe. So we went to this all-you-can-drink club. I think it was jungle-themed in like the beach district of Cancun. And at first, it was pretty fun. We just, like, everyone was really wild because I think it was mainly 
Caucasian, like there were a lot of Caucasians that came to Mexico just for a purpose of getting drunk. So everyone was really drunk, and then I was dancing on a table. Like people were like pouring alcohol in each other's mouth. And at some point of the night, the American girls decided to pile their bags in like a pile in a corner, and one of us would look after it. So at first it was fine, and then I thought I wanted to let loose because I would literally carry my bag everywhere. But I was like, "Oh, I'm in Mexico, should go out, out, out." It was a bad idea. I had like around ten drinks, and I don't even know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was someone around the bag the whole time, and the Colombian girl started to get intimate, like with one of the guys, and I was just dancing with some other people. And at one point, around two a.m. during the night, the Colombian girl said that she wanted to leave. So I was like, "Oh, okay, bye. I'll see you in the hostel." And I didn't look at my bags, so I just kept on like dancing, drinking. I didn't even have、wow. the mood or time to look at my phone, so I didn't even realize things were gone. It was until around like three a.m. I left the club with American girls, and I was like, "Ah, wait, where's my phone?" and They thought I was so drunk that I'm having hallucinations, but I was like, no, no, no. I was like, dude, my phone is gone. We went back to the club, asked the security to check the toilets, just check everything, and like there was nothing. So basically that night I stayed at the American girl's house because I don't know where to stay. I called up my bank, went on my social media, and just like locked everything up so everything was safe. And I tried to use find my iPhone, but there was like. No progress. So I went to bed for five hours, and the next oh my yeah, gosh, the next day did、mm-hmm. you did you bring your passport? Oh, thank God! I had my passport in my bag, but she didn't steal my. Oh、passport. my gosh!、Yeah. Thank God! Yeah, like That's so scary. The next day, I went to a Mexican police office and I filed a report. But then, the police didn't really understand English, so it it took us an hour to do the report. But he was really nice, so yeah. That's hard, you know. That's so dangerous, you know. It 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 could have been worse. Yeah. You never know when it's you're at somewhere that you don't really know where it is. So, what advice would you give to girls who want to travel alone? Like three advice, maybe one or two, three. Don't drink that much. No, that's not my advice.、Um, think, <laughs> well, that that's one important part, though. Wherever you are. I think always be care- like have your belongings on you and maybe check upon it once in a while, no matter how drunk you are. And I would,、mm-hmm. if it's possible, would I would probably hide some cash somewhere in my shoes or I don't know, the, like little pockets. Because when I was ro- like pickpocketed, all of my cash was gone and my credit card was gone, so I was left with nothing, like literally nothing apart from my passport. So that was pretty horrifying. Wow. And. I left some cash in the hostel, so that wasn't stolen. So that's why I was able to get back to America safely and without too much problem. But yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here. You know, I'm glad you're here safely talking to me. But so, yeah. Well, what about um? Where's the most beautiful city so far, or most beautiful country in your heart? If you could recommend people to travel to one place only. I think it's Kyoto, but I think if you invite ten guests,、mm. nine will say Kyoto、mm-hmm. because. Do you like Kyoto? <laughs> I love Kyoto. I've been there like、uh, five, six times. Yeah, I've been there like 
four times or five. I can't remember. Yeah, wearing like the kimono and then a traditional outfit, just walking through the older part of the Tokyo-to and then experiencing everything there. I love the vibes yeah, there. Yeah, I think there are like just so many temples and every one of them has their own unique style. It's quite a photogenic city if you're into photography. Just a lot, lots and lots of temples and there's Sakura and like the orange autumn leaves which you don't get in Australia. So that was, that was lovely because I got to see the autumn leaves two, three years ago? Three years ago. Yeah. So going, going at the, at right, the right time. time. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. that's important. Kyoto was also yeah. the home of matcha. And I actually went to Uji, I believe. Like Uji. And there were so many mm-hmm. matcha stores. And yeah. I love matcha. I also oh my love gosh. the traditional <laughs> tea ceremonies, which my brother calls wasting money. But I just love the vibe. Pretending I'm Japanese. <laughs> I, I I think the tea ceremony is worth visiting, worth doing, you know. There's some places you could schedule it ahead of a time and you could experience it with the local Japanese. I think as a like matcha lover, I think it's definitely worth it. Like I spent that money mm-hmm. right there, even though I'm a cheap traveler. <laughs> is there any like secret place you would tell me and tell my audiences so they could visit or like favorite store, those kind of things? Anywhere in the world. I have two, I think. One is, I know Bangkok has recently become really popular, but for those who still think Bangkok is a poor country, oh, I mean, Thailand is a poor country, and Bangkok is a poor city, they should really visit Bangkok again. Because if you... I think it's kind of geared toward a particular audience. Like, if you love the city life, if you love shopping, and you love food, it's perfect. It's really worth staying... A while there just to explore all the little shopping districts and kind of experience what Thai how Thai people live. Mm. So the lifestyle there, and then the improvements and just the vibes in the city is so different. Yep. And I just suddenly remembered I would recommend Ayutthaya, which is an hour and a half north of Bangkok. And just cause it's so you can have like different a different experience, I guess. If you're, because a lot of people just go to Bangkok and then mm. they're like, "Oh, it's a big city." But then Ayutthaya is a really small, like, historical town that used to be a Thailand's capital. I think up until the thirteen fifty or fourteen fifty. So it was, it was you like originally a whole city, but then most of the city's gone. But now you can still see all the temples and lots of like the Buddhist monuments mm-hmm. there, and. It's like walking, kind of like walking into another world. So I realized yeah. you like a combination of how a modern things collides with traditions. I feel like I yeah. see that in your photography as well, you know? Aww. So Evelyn also does photography. I think you're very talented. You know, the color, the use, the, the different types of camera lenses. I noticed the details, even though I'm not really good at photography, but I've learned some of it. So how do you think that photography uh, tie in with your traveling experience? I think in 2018, I really got into like night and skyscraper photography of big cities because of a workshop by an like Instagram photographer called Demas. And after that, I tried to aim to 
go to cities with a lot of like cityscape like skyscrapers and if i go to these cities i'm always actively looking for photo spots Mm, i think of like Mm -hmm. shanghai hong kong singapore when you mention those cities like the vibes atmospheres yeah i think let me have a think um I think Shanghai would probably have the best skyscrapers. Mm. Shanghai as a city, I thought it was a bit gray and maybe my expectations were too high. But then the skyscrapers are actually amazing and there are a lot and lots of photographers in Shanghai. So I'm someone who would message photographers and go like, hey, let's do a photo shoot and let's go to some tall buildings randomly and take photos. And I just find it it's like a perfect place to meet other photographers and that's amazing you know yeah yeah i think people who do like art or i think photography is a type of art in my perspective you need people to do things together and sometimes it's even better like the experiences like in general you know i actually personally prefer doing photography with people i know i'm usually oh, you like do? a solo person yeah because mm-hmm. i think i hit a pause in 2018 which where I didn't know my direction in photography and I think by collaborating with others really helped me grow and learn and it saves you money from taking a class but I think (laughs) I really think that other photographers are your best teachers and at first I was really shy and wouldn't like thought it would be really awkward to message people on Instagram but I just took the shot I was like okay I'll just message all these photographers and Mm -hmm. people like we are well if you don't have like 10,000 followers you'll get rejected like 90% of the time but there's always that 10% that's willing to you know hang out and do some photography so it's really fun it's amazing you know because I feel like as a writer I'm alone a lot of times and sometimes I feel lonely just writing by myself but lately I also met a lot of great writers online and we were exchanging writings and it felt really personal and different to me you know, I, I just feel like I want to share that with you. It's somehow connected to a part of me. That's so lovely. Yeah, it's oh, it's also like very private. It's very naked to share things like that, to exchange writings. I always say like exchanging writing is like exchanging a part of the soul. You know, for me, it, it means that much to me. So I, it's amazing and then kind of inspiring for me to hear that you're doing collaborations in photography and you're looking for other photographers to do things with you I think I do think that two people or three people are better than doing it all by yourself when it comes to arts sometimes collaboration brings new ideas like the collides of different conflicts ideas conflicted perspectives will always create new artwork that's what I think I think so. And mm-hmm. I've also like met quite a few very critical photographers. And even though it's always nice to have words sugarcoated, they also allow me to learn a lot. So it's always different to like meet different people and how they approach different topics. I, think. Mm, I see. Then do you feel like um, photography and traveling, they kind of work together? Or sometimes you prefer travel without taking hmm. pictures? I think originally I would prefer travel without taking pictures but at some point I think they go hand in hand because photography is a huge hobby of mine but for me if I keep on going to the same places 
it sometimes is hard to find inspiration. So my best source of inspiration and passion and motivation is when I travel. So now it goes hand in hand for me, but it really depends on the person. I think traveling for me means experiencing new things and renewing my perspective on life and having fun, which is really important. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I think that's good to hear、yeah. because having something that you like and enjoy is difficult, no matter if it's traveling or food, photography, dancing, arts. It's always nice to know what you like and always to enjoy lifestyle outside of work, right? Yeah, I think it's quite important because、mm, before I was fifteen, there was a period of time which I didn't know what I enjoyed, but now I've kind of figured out what I enjoyed, so it's always nice. That's good. Do you feel like you find more of yourself after traveling or in the middle of traveling while going through different cities, stepping through different roads? Going to different, you know, corners, different stores. To be honest, not really. But I think it's a like good escape and something I want to add in my life. And I would like to have these memories in my life when I can look upon when I'm older. That's like, really great. Like I really like before, like a few years ago, I was really like. Like a few years ago, I thought traveling would be a way for me to change my life, and then that, that I'll go on the life-changing trip. But it didn't happen for me, and it didn't happen for a lot of people. But I think, even though, like nothing life-changing happened, it's always to collect little memories that like shape me a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to let that that sink in with me for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. You know, like we talk so much about traveling and photography in general. Where is your next destination after COVID? Of course. Within budget, my next destination would be Xi'an, Chongqing, and Chiang Mai, <laughs> and those are a lot、Phuket. of places. Yep. <laughs> If you could choo- just choose one, choose one.、Trips. Choose one. All right, one. I'm going to Thailand. Hundred <laughs> percent. Thailand. Hundred percent. Oh, it seems like you really like Thailand. I think so, but I can't guarantee that it's gonna be like I'll. I can't guarantee that、I'll、always think the same way of th- of Thailand because I、mm-hmm. obviously haven't stayed there for that long. But I would honestly love to explore more of it. Well, I do think like countries and places change quite a bit, you know. I think so. Yeah, it really depends on like the city vibes, atmospheres, and sometimes the world's changing as well. With the、yeah. COVID going on, you know, like how is that in Australia? It's actually surprisingly well.、Um, not going to politics, but I am actually proud of our prime minister for once. <laughs> I saw、um, I saw a newspaper. Yes. Yeah, great.、Um, he's not very popular, but we appreciate him for this. <laughs> we that's good. I, but Taiwan is definitely doing a better job. We actually had a six-week lockdown in March, where my university got canceled and moved online, and、uh, so、mm-hmm. I was a bit shocked because that came really quickly. And but now it's kind of okay that I going back to preclinic and practicing like drilling teeth and restoring teeth. But I have to stay for an extra two weeks. But I shouldn't be complaining. 
Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're able to share all these with me. You know. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. because like traveling really uh impacted the airline industry as well as traveling industry. It does. Like, I think a lot of air like uh budget airlines are shutting down or like in mm-hmm. deep trouble financially. As a travel expert, I think I'll call that since you're. I feel like you are really a travel expert. Do you believe that the traveling after COVID nineteen would be so different? And if so, how different? Like, what is the new way of traveling? Like, what do you think that would be? I think for countries that are doing well-ish, I feel like for the first few years there will be. Probably more traveling within the country, and within like close countries, and I think for a long term,、mm. I don't know. I, I I really don't want to be an, a bit negative, but I feel like a lot of small businesses might close down and close down, and then it might be a long time to fi- for them to financially recover. But on a good、Aww. side,、mm-hmm. at least in Australia, there's been a lot of. Like traveling within the country, and a lot of Australians are getting to see more of the countries, because there's a tendency for Australians to go to Bali or like Phuket as soon as they get holidays. And but Australia is actually huge, and there's a lot of places to explore. So I guess that's quite nice. Nice, okay. Well, thanks again for your time today, and you answered a lot of. Your you shared a lot of your experiences with me, including the kiwi bird one. I thought that was really interesting. So、yeah. I well, I expected you at least got to you know touch some kiwi bird, but I don't think that's allowed. <laughs> I don't know if that's legal. <laughs> that's legal. Oh, oh, oh. I didn't. Should I say this? I don't know. Let me take it, it back. Just,、yeah. just, just.、Well. No, I won't. I'm kind of afraid to go to Australia, but I want to visit one day. Oh,、so. you should come. It's. Yeah, not as scary as you think. Apart from huge cockroaches, but it's all good. Lada lada is very scary to me. <laughs> okay, well, Evelyn, thank you again, and why don't you say good night to my audience? Okay, good night, everyone. Okay, thanks, Evelyn. So that was my conversation with Evelyn. I hope you like our story. This episode was a little bit long, but I wanted to keep them all because of the great stories that she shared. And you could find her account and information below. And thanks again for tuning into Midnight O Two. I am your host Amy, and I will see you next week. Good night. <laughs>